This is Points North, a show from Interlochen Public Radio, where we hear about life in northern Michigan through the news, the people, and the places. I'm your host, Dan Wanshura. Coming up later on the show, the Pierre Marquette River is internationally recognized for its brown trout, lake trout, and salmon. But 10 years ago, fishermen started noticing land give way just below a rail line that crosses the Pierre Marquette. Locals are now worried that a train will soon derail, spilling toxic chemicals into the river. A friend of mine who is a chemist, he said, well, if that gets in the river, you won't know if there's a fish killer or not because it'll be dissolved before you see them. Hear why some say it may be too late to stop a disaster. But first, as we look at the structural stability of one particular railroad track in Baldwin coming up, we also wondered how bridges across Michigan are holding up. Noelle Riley caught up with Mike Wilkinson from Bridge Magazine to discuss funding, repairs, and safety. Earlier this year, Mike helped write an in-depth piece about what bridges need the most help and why. So of all the topics to investigate, why did you all look at Michigan bridges? It had been a long time since the state had raised the gas tax. Went back to the 90s and, and Governor Engler. Um, and and uh, during that time, the roads have just fallen into a, an incredible state of disrepair. But not just the roads. I mean, the, we, we have an issue with our bridges as well. And we wanted to look at that. If we were to look at the financial needs of Michigan's bridges, how much would it cost, according to your research? The state has a board that looks at what is the condition of all the bridges and the roads and other things. And they estimate that to solve the, the state's bridge problem would cost uh, as much as a billion dollars. Okay, and I understand that the Michigan Department of Transportation has a scorecard for bridges. What does that show? They rate each section of the bridge on a, on a zero to nine scale. So, you know, if it's in great condition, it's a nine. If it's in a serious condition or structural elements that are, are in danger of deteriorating, that can get a three. And so you get to the overall score, looking at the, the three main parts of the bridge. And what we have in Michigan is 10% of Michigan's 11,000 bridges are considered poor to failing. So why is Michigan's ranking so low? And why aren't the bridges being repaired or replaced? Well, the, the state for the longest time has you know, had trouble with its budget and it's not been able to keep up maintaining it. That's why we keep talking about the roads. We just have not raise the tax rate on, on, on the, the gas tax that goes towards contributing to roads, and that same money would go towards bridges. All right, Mike Wilkinson from Bridge Magazine, thank you very much for speaking with us about the condition of Michigan bridges. I appreciate you having us on. That was Noel Riley with Mike Wilkinson from Bridge Magazine. The piece he helped write appeared in the magazine's May edition. This is Points North. I'm Dan Wanshura. The land beneath the railroad tracks along the Pier Marquette River in Baldwin is eroding into the river. Locals are concerned about a possible derailment, but the company that owns the railroad tracks says that won't happen anytime soon. Taylor Wisner has more. On a warm early fall day, Park Smith walks alongside the curvy path of the Pier Marquette River. The fly fisherman says he admires the river, which is spring-fed and cold enough to support brown trout. This is where brown trout, German brown trout, taken from Baron von Baer's farm in Baal, Switzerland, came to America. Smith is a member of the Flint Rainbow Club, a private fishing club operating since 1916. He and the other members of the club worry the prized trout are in danger of chemicals spilling into the river from train cars. 
For years, the river has slowly cut into the steep land beneath an active railway. Trees, once dotting the higher parts of the sandy bank, have caved into the water. And as you can see, that tree is almost literally in midair. The soil underneath it is eroded. You can see the roots hanging out. This one over here has fallen in. Uh, there's another one gone now that was over there. It fell in about two years ago. Smith says erosion is tricky. It happens slowly over many decades. But with an intense water event like prolonged rain or ice, pieces of land can crumble without warning. If this settles and becomes uneven, the cars fall over. This will be the low side, and you can see that's just straight downhill there in the river. You either have a slick of this asphalt based or you poison the river with the chemicals. Smith has watched train cars roll by with the car's contents written on them. Asphalt, road salt, magnesium hydroxide slurry. Mark Tonello, a fisheries biologist for the Michigan DNR, says if the train's contents were to end up in the water, it would devastate the river's ecology. You know, you can cause, create a biological oxygen demand where you suck, a, you basically, you know, suck all the oxygen out of the water and it kills fish that way. Um, you know, there's a number of different things that can happen. He adds it would be a tough blow to the local economy, which relies on the river recreation tourism. If a train were, going, were to go in that river, it would be a really big deal, and it would make national news, and it would be, it would be a big black eye to everyone involved. On the opposite side of the river is Jim Boss's home. He is the president of the Pier Marquette Watershed Council and has been working on the erosion problem for a decade. Twice a day, he feels the earth rumble around his house several hundred feet from the train, pulling about 50 cars. Boss says the rail company maintains the tracks well. But they inspect it from up there, and uh, I'll challenge you to tell if you can see where the water hits the, hits the soil from up there. You can't see it. It's too vertical. He says they don't see how fragile the land is beneath. Genesee in Wyoming, a Connecticut-based company, currently owns the train tracks and says the erosion is not happening on their property, so it's not their responsibility. But the company says it monitors the location closely and would take action long before any unsafe conditions develop. Boss disagrees and says the situation is already urgent because of high water levels. We've seen, you know, with the climate change and everything else, the, there's bigger storms. There's, when we get rain, it's not a quarter inch anymore. It's an inch and a quarter. And... Uh, you know, so there's going to be more wear and tear on this bank, I think, going forward. In June, Michigan Senator Kurt Vanderwall arranged a meeting between the local group and the railroad company. And during it, the company agreed to let the Watershed Council build up the bank with gravel to better secure the railroad tracks. They're also going to plant trees and bushes to root the foundation. But just as the effort finally moves forward, the council is losing some steam. Boss says the engineering designs have cost $73,000, and the construction itself will cost several hundred thousand dollars the council doesn't have. Add on the special permits that take time to get and grant applications, it will likely be another two years before construction can begin. For Points North, I'm Taylor Wisner. I'm Dan Wanshura. This is Points North. Recently, we spent some time at the Harbor Springs Festival of the Book and the Friends of the Traverse Area District Library Book Sale. We asked you, what books do you love? Here's what some of you had to say. 
Hi, my name is Christina Buntich. Um, my favorite book is called Lightning by Dean Koons. Um, it's a science fiction and sort of a almost like a horror novel, but it also has a bit of a love story, which is interesting. Um, so it's kind of got all aspects. It deals with um, time travel and just a sort of a coming of age story and you know plots and schemes and I, I just couldn't stop reading it and that's kind of rare for me so it's just a fascinating kind of adventure novel and I would suggest it to anyone who wants a good read. I, I just love it. <laughs> Bruce Bayless is my name and I'm reading a book by Wyndham Lewis who was a sort of a gadfly kind of politician-y person in uh, England after World War II. And uh, the socialists took over the government from the uh, conservatives at that time. And he was very upset by that. So this is a, a book full of anecdotes showing how the socialists are ruining the country. It's very interesting. Uh -huh. And stay tuned for more book recommendations throughout the month on IPR. Inspiration for this project comes from Bookmarks, a new series from To the Best of Our Knowledge. The show's host, Anne Strainchamps, will be at Crooked Tree Arts Center in Traverse City on Tuesday, October 15th to share book recommendations from some of the world's greatest authors. We'll post a link to the event on our website. And that's the show this week. I'm Dan Wanshura. Our executive producers are Noel Riley and Max Johnston. Catch the show Fridays live on IPR News Radio. You can listen anytime at pointsnorthradio.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.